now. I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. We need him now. I'll call him. For some reason, the cool bars in Hollywood have to be hard to find and have to have no sign. This is the Cocktail Nation. 8 p.m. November 1971. A massive event occurred that night as a plane was in the air between Seattle and Reno. A man known only as D.B. Cooper leapt out of the back of the plane with a parachute and some ransom money. The plane later landed safely, but the hijacker has never been found. Tonight, Gary Wells looks at a book all about that man and that night. Meantime, let's kick off with the latest release from Combustible Edison off the album The Forbidden Isle of Demos. This is the demo album that started the Neo Lounge revival we continue to enjoy today. Here they are with Spy vs. Spy. This is the Cocktail Nation. 
Cockton Nation, Jerry Goldsmith, doing as the Romans did. Good advice there. That's from the album Our Man Flint. Official website, cockternation.net, to see what's going on in the Sydney penthouse for the Water Swing Gig Guide and lots of links to what's happening in lounge life. This is Mr. Gary Wells. Cocktail Nation. Words with Wellsay. You're a librarian, Mr. Wordsworth. You're a dealer in books and two-cent fines and pamphlets and closed stacks and the musty insides of a language factory. Words, Mr. Wordsworth. We live too long, people. In my assessment, the FBI has known since day one who D.B. Cooper was. I was not the first to find D.B. Cooper, you know. That would be the covert agencies of the U.S. government. I was only the first to expose D.B. Cooper, something they had good reason not to do. I waited until my friend was dead before I brought him into the open so no damage was done. How do they operate, our clandestine agencies? They lie a lot. Hey gang, I'm Gary Wells from Vintage Leisure at SoulRideBlog.com and I'm here with another book recommendation for the Cocktail Nation. This time we're looking at D.B. Cooper and Me, A Criminal, A Spy, My Best Friend by Carl Lauren as told to Lisa McNeely from 2018. I was thrilled to find this book a few years ago in a thrift store in Erie, Pennsylvania. I'll be honest, when I first began reading it, choosing it over biographies of Barry White and Sonny Bono, I was a little disappointed. At first, anyways, let me explain. Lisa McNeely is a teacher, an editor, and a writer, but I would hesitate to call her an author of books. And Carl Lauren, well, he's just some dude. Some dude who had a buddy named Walt Pekka, a man Carl claims is D.B. Cooper. So while the book is not self-published or unprofessional exactly, it lacks a certain flair and polish. Another challenge you'll face is reading about Lauren, Pekka, and their buddies forming the Michigan Parachute Club. The particulars of parachuting interested me personally very little, but I understood that Lauren must set the table. The abilities of this group of guys and Lauren's relationship with Pekka, of course, need to be established. Lauren describes Pekka's checkered childhood that included losing his father when Walt was a child. This set him on a path of delinquency and petty crime. Lauren tracks Pekka through his first marriage and fatherhood and describes Pekka's struggles providing for his family, laying the groundwork for his motivations for first knocking over a big boy and eventually hijacking a plane for $200,000. More explanations of Pekka's training comes in discussions of his time spent as a paratrooper during the Korean conflict. Into the mid-50s, Lauren describes the skydiving adventures of his club and makes statements that explain the appeal of this life to men of this generation. After time spent in combat overseas, danger and death meant little to these men. According to Lauren, Walt Pekka faced a major adversary in the unions. Pekka was an enforcer for the Teamsters, but when the relationship soured, Walt was on the run, fearing for his life. He eventually came to the attention of the CIA, and a handler fed Walt jobs in the shadows around the world. In the midst of all these black ops, Lauren tells of the Michigan Parachute Club putting on an exhibition in Las Vegas while Frank and the boys were shooting Ocean's Eleven. As that film involved paratroopers, many thought Carl, Walt, and the guys were doing stunts for the film they were bought plenty of free drinks. When Carl Lauren gets to the hijacking itself, things certainly get interesting. Lauren has taken pains to constantly remind the reader that he and Pekka spoke for hours on the phone about Pekka's life, including the hijacking, and Walt allowed himself to be taped. So Lauren wrote his book based on these tapes and the things Walt told him. So the reader is faced with a question. Did Walt Pekka really pull this job and relate all the details to his friend Carl Lauren? That's up to the reader to decide. For me, it's hard to believe that this has all been fabricated, but you'll have to ask yourself how much of this is plausible. Whether or not you buy Walt Pekka as D.B. Cooper, there is still much to recommend this book. Often, though, the text's progression seems jumbled, and it seems to jump here and there with little explanation of some people, some times, and places. You do get, though, an interesting tale of the dark world of the CIA. I learned about things like the Vanell Corporation and the agency's MK Ultra program. And I can recommend a limited series from Netflix called D.B. Cooper, Where Are You? You'll get some very cool graphics and music and one element of the tale I found particularly compelling. 
Many people who have written books or made documentaries supporting their claims of having found the real D.B. Cooper have had their lives ruined by the pursuit. Either their hypotheses are debunked and their reputations tarnished or, as others have claimed, the FBI has closed doors at every turn and has completely discredited the findings of many. Fun to learn two of the many clubs, groups, symposiums, and festivals dedicated to Cooper, who is considered a hero to many. The point is well made that a big part of the appeal of this tale is that, for once in this world, here is a case where there is no answer. There perhaps can never be closure to the case of the D.B. Cooper hijacking. As regards this book, D.B. Cooper Where Are You does not mention Carl Loren's claim for Walt Pekka as D.B. Cooper. On Wikipedia, at least, Pekka is listed as a suspect. But Carl Loren's explanation of the plane's flight path has caused skepticism, although Loren in this book works hard to explain his hypothesis about Flight 305's route. Loren also disputes the FBI's claim that the hijacker was not an experienced diver. Loren insists the perpetrator had to have been. The FBI, though, has never officially eliminated Pekka as a suspect. Again, I will say that while this book is not expertly written, the subject matter alone makes for excellent reading. It's nowhere near the definitive telling of the hijacking of Northwest Orient Airlines Flight 305, but it's not a bad place to start. So to wrap up, I can highly recommend D.B. Cooper and Me by Carl Lauren and Lisa McNeely. You can find plenty of copies for sale at Abe Books. If you'd like to read a plethora of well-written book recommendations, you can head over to my website. I'd like to thank Coop Cooper and Cocktail Nation. Once again, this is Gary Wells from SoulRideBlog.com, and I'm encouraging you to pick up a book. Words with Wellesley. Cocktail Nation.
Place de Cocktail Nation Hub Cooper. Donation, Pink Martini and Segunda. The band is currently working on a new studio album, which is due out late this year. It's Lounge Leader Coop Cooper with you. We also played Kenny Sasaki and Into the Jungle. And that's from his latest release, Between the Waves. Let's take a look at Lounge Life magazine. It is your free retro magazine. Free to download. Links via the website, cocktonation.net, or simply search up Lounge Life magazine. Got the story on why budget mechanical watches just don't make sense. 14 movies that perfectly encompass the 1960s aesthetic. Might be a couple in there that you haven't seen. And how to tie a perfect knot according to three menswear experts. Get that tie looking just right. Lounge Life magazine, free to download. Links via the website cocktonation.net or search up Lounge Life magazine. 
on the cocktail nation Copé Goesdip. If a morgue worker dies, they will have to go back to work one more time. Very deep cocktail nation.
the Cocktail Nation. It's Linda Carone with another track from my album Lemon Twist, now playing on Cocktail Nation. To the wise, the top dietitians in town insist The best source of vitamin C there can be is a lemon twist Even the skeptic replies that here's a suggestion you can't resist A cool drink with ice is improved with some slices of lemon twist Substantial evidence that the lemon is a highly helpful citrus fruit. The most respected scientists agree with the physiologist that here's one that you can't dispute. Why don't you open your eyes? Your psychosomatic ills won't persist. If quick like a rabbit, you'll latch to the habit of lemon twist.
you open your eyes, your psychosomatic ills won't persist. If quick like a rabbit, you'll latch to the habit of lemon twist. If quick like a rabbit, you'll latch to the habit of lemon twist. Cocktail Nation. Mark Riddle from his album Lahaina Sunset, The Legend of Pua Bay. Also played Linda Carone, Lemon Twist, and Mario Grigov and Anything Goes, plus Herbie Mann from his album Our Man Flute and theme from This Is My Beloved on the Coctonation. In the coming weeks, we're going to be talking to Mr. Moai of the Tiki Heads. And uh, meantime, let's play one of their tunes, Night of the Savage. And that is from their latest album, just recently released, called Surfotica on the Coctonation.
Cocktail Nation. Nation with Tiki Aki Orchestra, Space Tango as the new music continues on the show. That's what we're all about here. And that's from the latest album called Tropica. Make sure you check it out. Today, much more stuff going on. In 1722, the readers of the Quran, a paper published in Boston, were captivated by letters sent in by a widow with a keen wit and a gift for satire. Mrs. Silence Do Good. In her letters, Mrs. Duguid poked fun at such illustrious institutions such as Harvard, therefore winning the hearts of many. For months, no one knew the identity of Mrs. Duguid. It turns out, Silence Duguid was actually 16-year-old Benjamin Franklin, who worked as an apprentice in his brother's print shop. Man, he would have been great on Twitter. Well, that's about it, Stuff fans. We'll have more for you at another time. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Cocktail Nation.
Cocktail Nation. Hi, this is Rebecca Angel. Hi, this is Tom Bonus from Wayne Wallace, and you're listening to jazz and its many colors here on the Cocktail Nation.
Hello there. The Cocktail Nation. Music for your bachelor pad.
concoctionation from the film Love Punch starring Pierce Brosnan. That's Jean-Michael Bernard with K&R Awkward Dinner. Next week on the show, Jason Whiten with Spy Vibe. And we're going to leave you with the Louisville Sluggers and Blow It Baby. Stay hip. Where's the bottle? Pass the ball. Mix it up. Sit and wait. Is it burning, baby? Not much more now. Okay, let's get it off. Now let's blow it, baby. (laughs) 